Welcome. We are so glad you have joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. So if you had to tell me this um, five years ago, I would have probably laughed for a good five to ten days. I couldn't imagine anything worse. You know, I hated public speaking. Um, you know, I couldn't think of anything worse than speaking in front of a crowd. But, um, you know, I'm blessed and... Uh, you know, I'm privileged to be up here, so thanks Pete, thanks Pastor Ross for um, giving me this opportunity. Um, you know, it was challenging coming up with a sermon and that, you know, for people that know me, um, I can be a man of few words and it can take a bit of prompting to actually get me to um, to share, you know, and to talk more and um, express more. But um, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, tonight, the title of my message is um, Save Our Souls, there we get up the back. So I'm going to be sharing about, um, you know, issues, issues that I've had, um, people struggle with, and um, knowing that, you know, I've got issues that I'm working on, and everyone has issues, you know, in varying degrees, and, you know, some people be losing in some areas, some people winning in the others, but it's not the fact that we have issues, it's it's what we do with these issues that matters, you know, like, you know, what we're going to do, what how we're going to handle them, you know, and if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't have any issues, um, your name is Jesus, and welcome Jesus. I'm glad you can make it, um, because everyone's got issues. Um, something I liked when Emma come down to um, chapel, she preached about the heart being in the garden, you know, and um, I like to look at that as your Christian walk. You know, your Christian walk is a garden. The more you work on it, the more you prune it, you know, the more you maintain it, you know, checking the soil and, you know, giving it nutrients, the stronger it's going to be. Same as your Christian walk. And um, when I was doing squats in the gym, I was thinking about it. You know, I was thinking about that garden. I was thinking, what about, you know, like the perfection and that. And, um, you know, it come to me, because God can speak to you at any time, you know. It come to me that no garden's perfect except the Garden of Eden. But that's inaccessible at the moment, you know, the, that, that perfection, that perfect garden. But with our Christian walks, you know, none of us have a perfect walk. But we have that access through Jesus Christ, you know, as our Savior. And it, like, you know, some of this stuff that come to me when I was right me out. Um, so I'm going to be talking about what we are, you know, where right to, um, you know, what's going on in our lives. Um, so we're three parts, you know, so we're body, um, we're soul, and we're spirit. And I talk about the um, the first thing people look at when they look at someone, you know, and that's the body. Um, and the human body, you know, it's it's so so complex. You know, when I think about creation, and um, you know, people come to us saying, you know, of evolution, and we come from monkeys and stuff. Um, I look at, you know, the human body, I look at, you know, the universe and um, one part of the human body, you know, the eye, you know, I've, I've got down some, some facts about the eye in itself. Um, the entire length of all the eyelashes said by a human in their life is over 98 feet um, and they last about five months each, each eyelash. Um, your eyeballs stay the same size from birth to death. Uh, where well, your nose and ears continue to grow. An eye is composed of more than two million working parts. You know, that in itself, you know, the eye is so complex. And those, you know, it's got two million parts. You know, imagine evolution, like trying to get it all working together, all those two million parts, you know, it'd be a while. And um, an eye cannot be transplanted. More than one million nerve fibers connect our eye to the brain. And they're currently not able to reconstruct those connections. Um, and 80% of our moment by what we see, you know, and that's, that's the eye in itself, you know, and we've got so many other parts to the body, you know, that all have to function together and, 
you know, um, work together for the human, you know, for us to live life. And, um, you know, that's just, that's just one part. Um, so in that, you know, we're going to look at what the Bible, how the Bible talks about the body, like, you know, and what really matters when we're sitting before our Creator. Um, we're going to look at Romans 8.23. So I've just picked out a couple of, of scriptures um, to back up each of these three things we're going to be talking about. And it says in 8.23, it says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grow inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. You know, our bodies, you know, we're separated from God. Our bodies haven't had that full saturated divine life. Our bodies are still linked to the flesh. You know, when when we're separated from God, you know, it's like we're separated from that, that divine interaction and, um, you know, our bodies become subject to, um, to sin and death. Um, and, you know, it's important, it says in here, you know, that we're yet to be redeemed. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, 42 to 49, it gives us a bit more insight. Uh, this one's a bit longer. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, but what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a physical body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last man Adam became a life-giving spirit. Just talking about Adam, uh, the life-giving spirit. The first man was from earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As the man dust, so are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born the image of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of man of heaven. I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood not inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the perishable. You know, and um, when you look at that, you know, what's sown is perishable. You know, everyone's going to die. You know, what's sown into the ground, it's perishable. What's raised when Jesus comes and, you know, the, when we're all get raised and going to heaven with him, you know, we'll have that imperishable body. These bodies that we have now, we're not going to have in heaven. Um, and the physical body, you know, it's raised the spiritual body. You know, we come from that dust, you know, our bodies, you know, the Bible talks of it as, um, you know, jars of clay that hold this, this, um, you know, this treasure, this tree, it actually goes on a bit. It says, for this perishable nature must put on the imperishable and this mortal nature must put on immortality. So our bodies, um, you know, they're bound to break down, you know, our bodies, you know, we've got so many problems going on, you know, we're not going to be judged by our bodies, you know, all the weaknesses and, you know, how our body looks and, you know, how it's shaped and, and all that. So a lot of us can have a big sigh of relief that we're not going to be judged on our bodies. Um, you know, and so many times we get caught up in going to the external. You know, I'm, I myself, you know, I've been, I've been in church, you know, and I've, I've had it all, you know, together outside, you know, but inside, you know, I've had dry bones, you know what I mean? Like I've had all this, this brokenness and, you know, the shame and this guilt that I've carried, you know, but too many of us, like we come in and, you know, we've got it all together, you know, we've got the gold chain, the gold cross and got it all happening. Got the fresh perm, David Pearson. <laughs> but, um, you know, inside we're, we're dying. I've been in that place so many times, you know, just having it together on the outside but inside, you know, I'm crying out like I've, 
I've got issues going on. So our bodies won't bring us salvation. doesn't matter what we look like. You can look like Vin Diesel or Vin Weasel. It doesn't mean anything when we're standing before our Creator. Um, yeah, so the body's going to pass away, you know, as we get older, things get older and saggier and, you know, they don't look as good as they used to. But in some cases, you know, you get better as you get older. Tina Davey, where are you? It's a shout-out. Um, yeah, but our bodies, they don't mean anything. When we, when we get up to heaven, you know, we spend so much time in our bodies. And, um, you know, when you look to the Bible, you know, it's not going to help us in the end when we're standing before our Creator. So next, um, we have a spirit. So scripturally speaking, you know, um, God gives everyone a spirit, you know, whether Christian or not. And biblically, you know, the spirit is God's breath. Um, God breathed into humans and gave life. And even though God gives us that, that life, you know, he still gives us um, free will choice, you know, and that's powerful. Like even though God created us with us, you know, he does us, you know, he gives us that opportunity for what we want, you know. But God, Adam, you know, and he breathes, God's spirit is in everyone, Christians or not. Um, and that spirit, you know, like you look at the world and, you know, what's happening in the world and um, just that, all that supernatural stuff, you know, like you see all these dark shows and, you know, the movies and everything's getting real, like real dark and demonic and all these TV shows, you know, they're unhealthily filling that, that void, you know, that the spirit in each and every one of us is crying out for the supernatural and when it's distorted, you know, we'll fill it with that... um you know, things that are not of God. You know, there's so many um, shows out there. Does anyone anyone watch any of them shows? Anyone know any? Shout them out. Uh, Avengers? You reckon? <laughs> Married at First Sight. Got all Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't know. We've got a good, good, uh, good lot of Christians in here. No one watches any of those shows. Um, but yeah, you know, like the the world's crying out for supernatural, and like, um, you know, even as kids, you know, like as kids and what they watch, and you know how they act and stuff. And um, even when I was a kid, you know, I remember, you know, like, um, you know how you you read you read people's palms, you know, and like you look at the lines and that, and you say, oh yeah, you know, you're gonna have a long life and. Oh, I see a big house there and, you know, and you say, there's going to be a big pool there one day. And <laughs> I don't know how many of those come to pass yet, but, um, you know, just silly stuff like that. But in, in behind it all, you know, like the world goes to psychics and, you know, tarot cards and all this stuff looking for, looking for an answer, but it will never be filled. It will never be, you know, satisfied unless if we're going, you know, what God has for us. And, um, you know, we're going to have a look at, at John 3 three to five and um i love the bible you know like uh the bible's for us to be relating to the here and now you know and um learning you know learning from these scriptures and you know this um story in here so jesus he's talking to um to nicodemus and he says jesus answered and said to him truly truly i say to you unless one is born anew he cannot see the kingdom of god and Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly I say to him, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
um, in knowing the scriptures, you know, they were the religious thugs of that time, you know, they just controlled them and, you know, they say jump, you say how high, otherwise you were beaten to death a lot. And in their own understanding, you know, um, the scriptures, but Jesus took the scriptures and just confounded them. And in that space, you know, like even in those times, like the average age was, you know, 33, 34 years old, you know, they were pretty bad times and, you know, if I was back in those days, I would be dead. You know, I would have probably died in a camel chase or you know, been, beaten to death by um, for my sins, you know. There would have been no empathy there. And Nicodemus, you know, he would have been coming towards the end of his life and, um, you know, his mother would have already been passed away, so that would have been a tricky situation, jump back in the womb. But, um, you know, in his own understanding, you know, he thought he knew the Scriptures back to front. But, um, you know, Jesus unpacks it, you know, and... and and that unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know, that's powerful. Like, you know, what does that, that born anew mean? You know, what, you know what, what, what's Jesus trying to say here? So unless we're not born, we can't have that intimate relationship with Jesus because we're separated from him due to sin. Uh, I'm going to have a look at Titus 3, 4, and 7. So it says, um, But when the kindness of the love of God, our Saviour, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of the eternal life. You know, our spirit was saved through regeneration. Everyone's got a spirit, you know, in the world and Christian or not, but our spirit, was saved through the regeneration, um, you know, the, and regeneration and renewing. They're the important words in that scripture. You know, God regenerated our spirit and renewed it. And um, some examples, some definitions of, you know, what regeneration means. It, um, you know, it's spiritually reborn, spiritual rebirth, producing a new beginning, spiritual rebirth, being renewed, reformed or reconstituted, renewed or restored after a decline to a low condition. New birth, the beginning of new life. You know, God, Spirit, totally consumes our spirit. Um, you know, in that place, and He wants to have that that intimate relationship with us. You know, and even in that place, God still gives us free will to choose what we want to do and what we don't want to do. You know, even though we have God's Spirit living inside of us, we've still got free free will. And I know, um, you know, a common um, thought process for you know Christians is that a uh, Christian, we won't sin again, you know, but um, the fact of the matter is we're going to, and, uh, you know, it's inevitable we're in the broken world. It's crazy, you know, that we can, we can you know, get towards that perfection. But um, God takes us, you know, of, of rest glory to glory. He helps define areas in his life, you know, where we are struggling. He guides, he corrects, and he disciplines, and he loves us through it all. You know, that's the important thing, that he loves us through it all. How much easier is it to do, you know, to want to do the right thing when you've got a loving, caring father that's there, you know, loving us through it all, guiding us through it all, and um, just wanting the best for us. One important thing, like, uh, um, so probably, you know, what we're going to focus on, like, tonight is um, is the soul, you know, and, and what the soul is and, and what happens, you know, when our souls or the fleshly part of us takes over. 
You know, our soul is the organ and emotion. You know, when you become a Christian, God doesn't want you to be all in this little box. You know what I mean? God can't use us when we're all in a little box. God wants us to have our own personality. You know, God wants us to be unique. You know, God doesn't want us all to be, you know, conformed and acting the same and doing the same and, you know, being the same person. Um, and the mind and the will and the emotion comes from the soul. You know, and that's what we're going to be having a look at. And, you know, from the beginning, you know, um, from our souls have been getting us into trouble. You know, you look at Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, when Eve got tempted by the serpent and um, ate of the forbidden fruit, you know, from that place, the mind was deceived by clever words. Mind was deceived by clever words. The will desired what was contrary to God. And our emotions or our entitlement was a decision by, you know, by Eve for making that decision. And Adam soon followed and, of course, um, handed over our dominion, handed over, you know, the authority that God had given to us. Um, so from the start, you know, it's been getting us into big trouble with our souls. Um, and what affects our soul, you know, in the Bible it talks about um, fleshly lusts that wage war against the soul. You know, it's important without desire there's no temptation. You know, it's from our heart, from, you know, our soul that these these evil desires come that, that we um, fall into temptation. Um, we've got James 1, 13 to 14. And it says, No one when tempted tempts no one by their own desires, being lured and enticed by it. Our own mind will be in trouble. You know, I've heard, you know, a metaphor that, you know, um, temptation pollutes us and trials purify us. You know, God doesn't send the temptations. God doesn't set us up for failure. You know, the devil will be tempting us. God allows trials to happen in our life to purify us, to get those weaknesses out, to get those strongholds out. And he allows us to be in that place so we can cry out for our creator. You know, God doesn't tempt anyone. He tempts no one. Once tempted by one's own desires, being lured and enticed by it. You know, so when we're in that place, you know, it's coming from our own desires. Um, going to church, you might frequently hear the term um, strongholds. And a definition, the definition for a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. A place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. You know, we partner with our, our strongholds you know, subconsciously a lot of the time. Um, and it's the fruit of an inward lie, you know, that stronghold. And um, we'll defend it subconsciously. We'll be defending that place where a particular belief or a cause is upheld and defended. Um, you know, some fruit that you can see coming out of strong strongholds is judgmental mindsets, perfectionism, outbursts of anger, jealousy, lust, greed, bitterness. You know, it affects our values, our thinking, our behaviors, our relationship with God. We can be born again, you know, we can you know, hand our life over to God and still constantly have these struggles going on, you know, out of church, at home, in our relationships. We can have all this stuff going on and, um, you know, we're born again, we're Christians, you know, coming to church on some, doing the Christian thing and, you know, um, and your soul can be tortured by hidden sin. You know, so many times... Um, you know, we can be have have this stuff going on in our lives. You know, this hidden sin, and you know, say if if anyone ever seen that, or if anyone ever knew what I'd done, or if anyone you know could see the real me, what would they think? 
you know, from that place we defend it, we hide it, you know, and we partner with it. We partner with that that inward lie because we're comfortable with a lot of the times. Um, you know, and you can hear that that saying, you know, a lot of people, you know, they say, I was going to take this to my grave, you know, and in that place, like, I know breakthrough's coming. We hear it a lot, you know, in transformations, a lot of people, you know, carrying carrying their shame and carrying their guilt and, you know, you're, you're determined to not let anyone see your shame, you know, you're determined to have it all together. And a lot of the times it's not even your shame and it's someone else's shame. And with every lie the devil feeds us, there will be um, a hint of truth. You know, for myself, like um, from a young age, I had um, a stronghold or, or a distorted identity that um, I really felt like I was dumb, you know, and like um, it happened from when I was seven years old, right, we were going over to um, Vanuatu and um, Dad was like, you know, trying to encourage us and he's like, you know, every A you get, I'll give you two bucks and that and um, I was like, yeah, man, I'm just going to get straight A's and have so much cash and um, I had, you know, in my heart I wanted to go and buy kids stuff when I was going over to Vanuatu and, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I'm just going to clean up. You know, and um, I remember getting my um, my report card and there wasn't one A on there. You know what I mean? And like my report card, you know, Dad, give me $2 pity money. And um, it's more of a, you know, hurt me more because, you know, my belief system, my um, who I was from that age was that I'm dumb. You know, and from that I took it in and I defended that. And, um, you know, you're buried inside because you feel so much shame and guilt. And you feel so much, you know, I felt worthless. You know, my sisters were straight A's. It was disgusting. Every report card, you know, straight A's. They got an OP um, two and three. You know, they've done pretty well for himself. Um, you know, and out of that stronghold, you know, came uh, rebellion. If you've got kids and, you know, they're, they're being rebellious, they're just feeling, feeling rejected in some way, you know. And so I started being rebellious and, you know, I started playing up, acting out at school and trying to find my identity in anything but school. You know, I hated school. I'd rather be walking on burning hot coals than, than be going to school. Um, and it just got worse and worse, you know, and it, it got to a point I hated school. I was at the age of 13, you know, I started doing drugs and, you know, I prayed to God. I said, man, I don't want you in my life. I don't want nothing to do with you because I felt that rejection because you know, I'd hear the Bible and all these rules and stuff, and I was like, man, I've set myself up for failure. You know, I can't do that. Um, you know, every year the school would do awards night. It was terrible. Um, my sisters would win everything. Dad literally had to hook the trailer up to put all the trophies in, start leaving. And, um, you know, my ago, she's like, oh, I remember the awards night. She's like, I used to feel so bad for you. I was like, yeah, thanks, Nan. <laughs> you know, I'm like... I'd even forgotten about that, you know. Nan brought it up. I was like, oh. And, um, you know, we can laugh about it now. Definitely, like, you know, funny times. But from that stronghold, um, I've actually had a, like, real crazy life. You know, um, I've done a fair few years in prison and that. I've been to jail for um, robberies, you know, stealing cars, you know, supplying firearms. You know, I've been charged with attempted murder. You know, I've, I've, I've gone down this path of absolute, you know, chaos and, you know, it's definitely an extreme of a stronghold. I can't see Pastor Pete going out and robbing some banks with Emma after this, you know, like, you know, this is an extreme of a stronghold. But that's what happened in my life, you know, that's the fruit that it produced. 
you know, and, and I believed it. Like, that was mine. Like, man, I'm dumb, you know. And, like, from that shame, from that, that place of just feeling, feeling worthless, you know, bad fruit come out of it. You know, praise God that I'm here now. You know, when I, when I talk about my story, you know, people say, I can't believe, you know, I, I, I could never see you doing that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I know, right? And the truth of the fact is me living, but it's God living in me. You know, and I've been set free from it all. Now I get opportunities, to, you know, to talk about this kind of stuff. And, you know, something else that I'm going to talk about, um, even when I was a Christian, you know, even when I give my heart to God, you know, this, this stronghold come into my life. These are, you know, two defining things. When I was, you know, away from God, you know, that, that stronghold from a kid, such a small thing, you know, but look what happened. And then, um, you know, the second thing, like, um, you know, and I carried so much shame. I carried, I carried so much, um, unworthiness. You know, I just felt like the lowest of low. And, um, you know, I'm going to be open and real. And that was, you know, a couple of years ago when I got married, you know, and, um, I'd done the crap life. You know, I'd done all this bad stuff. And it was like, right, it's time to get my life back on track, you know, and, you know, thought I was doing everything right. But, you know, I wasn't consulting God. I wasn't talking to God about what was going on in that and um you know got to a point where it had all fallen apart and I promised myself you know and I and I hold that, you know, um, you know, those marriage vows, you know, I, I held it up like, you know, as God's word and, you know, what God had for me. And um, you know, in that place where it all just fell apart, you know, I had my, my self worth tied up in it. You know, it um it destroyed me. You know, and in that place, like, you know, I was so angry. I was so angry. I was angry at God, you know. I'd be riding down. I cried more going through that than my whole life put together. You know, it was such a scary place. But, you know, I'd be riding down the Esplanade and the beat, which I'd go down to, and, um, you know, I'd just be so angry at God. And I'd be like, how dare you do this to me, you know, like really giving it to God. And there's a proverb, and it says, um, you know, people's own folly leads to their destruction but their heart burns against the Lord, you know, and it was my own mind, will and emotion that got me in that place, what I wanted, you know, what I chose. God gave me that free will choice and in that place, like I blamed God, you know, I was so angry at God and, you know, I felt like it was going to be my existence for the rest of my life, you know, and, um, you know, in that place, you know, it's just, it's probably the lowest of low, you know, like, you know, so lucky to be coming out the other side of that. Um, and how do you heal from such a deep-seated wound? You know, how do you, how do you come out of that? How do you, um, you know, how do you how do you start again? You know, Pastor Pete preached on, um, you know, praying for those that um, they curse you, or, or praying for your enemies. You know, and he was like, um, don't just pray for them. Pray that that God would bless them. Pray pray that God's favor would be upon them. And I was like. Oh, I was so sick in my stomach, you know, because I was like, what about them hurting me, you know? What about what they've done? Like, you know, blaming everyone else, you know, but in that place, you know, I took a hold of that and, um, you know, journey. and it's important, um, you know, your prayer in that place um, may or may not change that person, but it definitely will change you, you know, and in that place, you know, you know, God changed my heart and, yeah, it's powerful eh, that, you know, your prayer in that place may or may not change them, but it will definitely change you.
praise the Lord. Um, you know, and in that brokenness, you know, Mike Barrett, he actually talks about um, the devil preaches a mad sermon. You know, like he talks about how worthless you are. He talks about how useless you are. You're a failure. It'll never work for you. You know, he preaches this mad sermon. And we, like, write notes like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, you know, worthless. And, you know, this is going to be like how it's going to be for the rest of my life, you know. And with every stronghold, there'll be a little hint of truth coming through. It's like we protect that and, you know, we take it all on as truth, you know. And then he'll do his own altar calls. And, um, you know, who wants to kill himself? Who wants to hand their life over to me for the rest of their life, you know? Who wants to go back to addiction? You know, like he'll do his own altar calls and, and he'll snatch our life away. In that place, you know, I, I was looking forward to going back to prison. You know, I just wanted to run. I was so broken, you know, and um, being vulnerable and having to feel those feelings. I've never had to feel any feelings. You know, I've always been just wild running them up and having to sit through that pain, you know, having to feel those unbearable feelings. It was the weakest point in my life, you know, but God says that in our weakness, His power's made perfect. You know, and even though I was broken and I was so weak, you know, God turned it into a strength. You know, God changed me from the inside out. And we can't just keep blaming our strongholds and keep stuffing up, you know what I mean? Don't just keep sinning so that grace may increase. God wants to do something in each and everyone's life. Our soul is our inner being, you know, the real person. Jesus is the overseer of our souls. But unless we let Jesus into that spot, unless we let Jesus in, you know, he's not going to force his way in. You know, when sin, in every situation, sin tries to enter our soul, you know, call upon the help of Jesus. You know, God's not going to force his way in. You know, we've got to ask Jesus. We've got to allow Jesus. We've got to let him in, into that spot. But because it's such a place that we defend, you know, it's such a place that we hold on to, we feel that we deserve it. You know, we, we block Jesus out. We, we keep him at arm's length. You know, the soul craves what's contrary to the spirit. And it continues to be reborn. You know, your spirit, the more that you look, you clean, you know, look after your garden and, and um, trim the vines, and, you know, the more that you, you pour into your work with God, the more you get reborn. And, you know, all of us have got stuff going on. You know, we can be sexual abuse and people carry around and on the back end of terrible things, you know, things that are not of God. You know, terrible things happen in this world. But God has so much more for us, you know. God has so much more for us. If we only understood, you know, what God has for us. The Bible says that um, the weapons that we, we wage war with, the weapons we fight with, they're not, they're not carnal. You know, they're not of this world, but they're powerful and they're mighty. You know, for demolishing strongholds and for bringing down every high and lofty thing that raised itself above God. You know, God's given us this power. I was listening to um, Sandy Stanley and he said, In the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Something that helps us is look at what I've been forgiven of, you know. Look at what you have been forgiven of. In that place, in the shadow of the cross, you know, God understands you've been hurt. God understands, you know, the struggle's real. But in the shadow of the cross, you know, it's one undeserving soul, you know, 
and giving forgiveness to another. You know, forgiveness is so important in that place, you know, in that stronghold, you know. But God is not going to force his way in. You know, we have to allow him to come into that spot. Get the uh, worship team to come up. You know, so I, you know, I ask you, you know, church, you know, where, where in your life, God, you know, what, what shame are you carrying? You know, where are you stopping God from completely, you know, taking over? You know, in that place, you don't have to be scared. You know, I was so scared to let God in. I was scared to let go of it. You know, like. I had these fears. I was like, God, you know, like, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, I was so scared in that place. But if I didn't let go, if I didn't let God heal me, I'd be back in jail. I'd be dead. You know, like I'd be bitter. I'd be angry. You know, the devil would have such a hold over me. And I ask you, you know, as we um, we start to worship, that ask God, you know, if there's anything in your soul, you know, if there's anything, any area in your life which God wants to minister into. That you hold them back, you know, encourage us to open up. Thank you for joining us. Bayside Christian Church Community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or on our social media pages at Bayside Christian Church.